Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner and Travion Berkland. It's just us two today. Just us two, we're going to take you until the top of the hour, so just a one-hour show. Deej is out sick. I was like, Troy, just give me your picks for Mitch in Vegas. Trey and I will take care of it. So we're going to take you up until 6 o'clock. And, of course, this is our last live show for the week as Troy will be heading up to Marysville for some high school football for Rock Creek, and I'll have Manhattan Emporia tomorrow night from Bishop Stadium. The Indians of Manhattan trying to uh, bounce back after their 16-game winning streak comes to an end at the hands of Washburn Rule last Friday night. Cats are in a bye week, so of course coming up, uh, not right away, but coming up at about 525, we're going to speak with former K-State Wildcat Curry Sexton to talk. Cats bye week, we'll get some Mitch in Vegas, and we'll get some Ask Us Anything. But I wanted to lead off uh, with paying tribute to a legend. We found out earlier today, and actually I found out uh, just checking NewsRadioKman.com and our news department has written an article. The Burger King in Aggieville has officially closed its doors. Um, I, I don't remember the whole story about it, but uh, basically the company out of Utah that owns Burger King, they're shutting down a whole bunch of locations. They're selling off the properties cheap, and uh, some guy has bought a whole bunch of them. One of them is the Aggieville location. And man, if you grew up during my t- my college years or previous to that, when like before the remodel, that Burger King was open until what three o'clock or whatever. It was open up late on weekends. That was a hop in place after two a.m. when the bars closed. I got a lot of memories of that place. Five three seven thirteen fifty. Do you have memories? Of the Burger King in Aggieville. I got a bunch of them. Now, Travion was telling me that he didn't know. And I don't know if it was open late till it closed. I don't know if those hours ever changed. If, like, the pandemic changed its operation hours. Like, you know, because, you know, there was, of course, a worker shortage. and Right. There's been a, ever since the pandemic, I think a lot of places in town just don't stay 
uh, open past 11 or sometimes 12 anymore. Well, 12 a, if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, Taco Bell does not stay open late mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe some nights it does. Maybe 11 o'clock, maybe. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure the dining room has been closed for a long time. Uh, you know, breakfast places, they're not open late anymore. Uh, what else? McDonald's. Is McDonald's open 24-7 anymore? I think they're one of the only places that stays open till like midnight or one mm. on the weekend specifically, but not even the weekdays. You know, that's a, uh, that's a time I'd love to get back to when you got a couple of options when it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Right, right. And you've had a few sodas and the you're hungry. The only place to go is shortstop when I'm... Go say hi to Travion. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It is the only convenience store open late, 24-7. Yeah. Go get you a sandwich. Go get you a candy bar and say hi to Travion. He'll be most likely working. Um, But, man, in Aggieville, I mean, your, your couple of options, really, at the time, when I was going to Aggieville constantly, and when I was in college, you had Burger King, you had Chinese food. Man, it feels like that was just about it. I can't. I, I'm probably blanking on another one, but um, Burger King was usually the spot, and that's because mm-hmm. I had two group of fans, friends I would go out with, and one of them that I hung out with the most, um, always wanted to go to Dirty Dogs. Dirty Dogs, if you don't know, country bar. It's 18 and up, so I could get in there, of course, when I was 18, 19, and go have a good time. Uh, my friend was a big uh, two-stepper, and I learned a two-step right there, just on the fly, at Dirty Dogs. I would imagine Travion has never been a two-stepper. Uh, we had to learn like some square dance stuff in high school, like freshman year of high school. You know, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. For yeah. gym class, you get together and you learn how to square dance, but that's the only thing I know. Shout really. out to Mr. Calavota. He uh, <laughs> taught us at Clay Center. Uh, I think it was a freshman. When you were a freshman, you would right. learn dances mm-hmm. um and two-stepping like the basics to two-stepping was one right. of them but you if you wanted to perfect your two-stepping in a like a drunk perfection <laughs> you go to dirty dogs right uh, that's the place to go and i i know there's a uh i think there's a club at k-state and they would show up at dirty dogs and of, of course they would just wipe everybody off the floor right i mean just would tear <laughs> it up but when the night's over and all the bouncers are yelling, get out of here, right over to Burger King because it was open. Now, my f- craziest memories of, of that Burger King was fake Patty's Day. I met a girlfriend at that Burger King, fake Patty's Day, 2009. Nice. <laughs> we did not stay together long. Um. But I met a girlfriend there. I can also remember many times it's late, people are yelling, making a mess, and for you know all the reasons I just stated or others, a manager would come out and yell at everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're at the right place. <laughs> I also remember a fake Patty's Day where there was a long line. It was like two in the afternoon. It's already been a long day. I had a friend that actually just lived like two blocks away from that Burger King. And we're off at his house. We're having a good time. I and somebody else, we decided to go to that Burger King, get something to eat, and it's crazy busy, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Well, 
there is an argument that takes place, and, you know, foolish me, when a fight's about to take place, at that point in time, I thought, you know what? Somebody's got to break this up. So I step in and break it up. I take an elbow. It gets a little pushy-shovey. It wasn't like a flying elbow. It was just it was an accidental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I took that as an advantage to cut in line. Because with the pushing and shoving, the line was disorganized. And I was like, I just jumped right to the front of the line by yeah. breaking a fight, breaking up a fight. Pit rules, I mean, come on. Yeah, and nobody noticed. <laughs> and uh, I, instead of waiting an hour, I waited 10 minutes. There you go. Uh, rest in peace to a legend. Absolutely rest in peace to a legend. Um, Is there any idea of what they're going to put no in idea. that space? They're probably going to make it that so, area something. That, that whole area of Aggieville, there's so much development mm-hmm. taking place. As a matter of fact, there's already a whole bunch that is taking place. You got the new parking garage. You got a, like apartments mm-hmm. going up. I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if more it's, apartments right. went up. That's a pretty prime area to live if you're a college kid. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. that is the most convenient area in town. Build apartments and obviously everything around there. Not only are, are they building new, but the prices are going way up. Right. I remember looking into the apartments across the street from Aggieville on the north side of um of uh, why am I blinking on the on the road? But anyway, um and I was like they're over $1000 or something like right, that for right. I was like how does it's how do college crazy. kids afford this? Their parents do. <laughs> Is it the parents paying for it? I paid for my own rent. A lot of cases. Yeah. I got a job and I paid my own rent. Mm-hmm. I don't even pay, still to this day, I don't pay anything close to $1,000. And I got a one-bedroom duplex. Well, that's the perks of living right next to campus, living right next to where the parties go on. It's just right there. But what, a, I mean, that's a prime area to build apartments, jack up the prices, and mm-hmm. somebody's going to take them. I always thought it would be cool and actually, these used to be actually pretty affordable the last time I checked. As a matter of fact, I believe David G. used to live in one of those apartments that was above either Kites or right, right. Um, across the street from there or above like the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were actually kind of affordable, like a one-bedroom or two-bedroom, whatever it was, was like six or $700. I was like, that's pretty doable. If I was a college kid, I would definitely move there. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I highly doubt those are those same prices anymore. Right. But man, that Burger King had a lot of memories for a lot of people. And that was such a go-to spot. Even though, I mean, people hate on Burger King. I'm fine with it. Right. It, I, it's, it's gonna, all my friends hate on Burger King, and I'm, I don't get it. I feel like the, you know, it's, no, it's pretty not, good for what it is. It's not the best in the world, but it's also like not the most expensive in the world. Like right. You can eat pretty cheap there, most likely. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's a fast food restaurant. We know going in, it's not going to be anything right. gourmet. It's not cuisine, yeah. You know, they're not going to ask you at the drive through window, how do you want your burger cooked? Right. Medium well, well done. No, you're they're gonna they're gonna slap it into a bun, put some ketchup and mustard on it, wrap it in a wrapper, put some fries next to it in a bag, and hand it to you. Right. Let's lower our standards, people. <laughs> this isn't a big deal. Second Burger King in town to close, though, which is also crazy. 
Oh yeah, first one over well, by Seth Shot. Yeah, and Seth Shot has. Have they done with anything with that location yet? Is that changed into anything? I saw that there was. They like did some new painting on it, but I don't know what it's supposed to be turning into or what the deal is. But I saw that it's got a new paint job. Now Wendy's right next to it has been standing strong for right. a while now. Mm-hmm. Standing strong. And now the big hot spots in Aggieville now are DP Doe and Fat Shack, especially after the bars close. I've never been to either one of those. They're both pretty good. You can they get are? some good food at Fat Shack. Shout out. But well, I, I tell you what, you want to talk about like a fast food type of restaurant with the pictures on the menu. They are pretty appetizing looking pictures. Right. And it's not just the burgers. <laughs> it's like I think they have wings mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I can get wings to go. It's quickly, a little, it's a little pricey, but I think yeah. you know most people don't care when it's three in the morning and you just want to eat something. I have not been anywhere in Aggieville to eat in a long time, other than you know everybody loves to go to Lucha or whatever. Mm-hmm. I you know I'm not the biggest fan of weights, but I'll go if friends are going or whatever. Right, but it is it's definitely changed. Like I don't party like I used to anymore. Right. And the Burger King was kind of like that leftover spot. Right. You're like, as weird ah. as it is. Like, again, it's fast food. Like, maybe it shouldn't be that special, but away it was. Right. To you, it's like, oh, this is like the last remnant it's, of. It's a little nostalgic. Right. Right. Totally makes sense. Even though it went through a remodel and it just, you know, kind of wasn't what the, it wasn't the same. You couldn't go at it at 2 a.m. anymore, at least as far as I understood. But, and college kids won't get this, but back in the day, it was a spot. It really was. It was a quick, fast play. Tons of people would go. It was packed Mm -hmm. by 2 o'clock to try to go get some food. And uh, it actually did a pretty good job. If that were still the case now, I'm sure people would still be flocking over there, but just the options aren't given as much. It was a great spot for being under the influence. Go get something to eat real quick. Head home. It was fine. It was great. It was a big part, honestly. As weird as this sounds, I mean, I we, it deserves the shout out it's getting right now. It really does, <laughs> because it was legendary. It kind of took over for when the Pizza Hut in Aggieville shut down. Because when it did shut down, it was the longest running Pizza Hut or the oldest running Pizza Hut in America. Really. I didn't even know there was a Pizza Hut in Aggieville. So if you want to go chain <laughs> restaurant, yeah, this it's been a while now. I don't know what it is now, but it's been a while since it was open. I was I was working at the station when it was still open, but not for long. It's been closed for a while. But when that shut down, that Burger King kind of took over as the chain restaurant that was the biggest deal for college students. Right, right. Because I can't think of anything else. Well, then the Popeye's opened. Right. Popeye's was huge. Even at MHS, it was huge when they opened that. Everybody would be skipping class to get some but it's, chicken. Yeah, it's still kind of a <laughs> it's kind of an awkward spot. Like you I, can I, only get there mm-hmm. if you're eastbound. Right. It is located weird. But. Same with that Starbucks. Same with that Starbucks. But again, shout out to Burger King. R.I.P. legend. I wish I could have stopped by one more time, but you're not open late anymore. Not open anymore anyway. Uh, All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's get to Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver, joins us next on The Game. We are back. Mitch Fortner, Travion Berkland, just us two today, taking you till the top of the hour, last show of the week. 
of the Best of Show tomorrow as uh, Troy and I will be getting ready for our respective high school football broadcasts. He joins us for another discussion of K-State football. Former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton joins us now on the game. And Curry, thank you so much for being flexible today. To lead off, I don't know if you heard the news, but the Aggieville Burger King uh, closed today. After you're playing your Mario Kart drinking games, did you ever make your way over to the uh, Burger King for some late night grub? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Not not in that context, but certainly uh, spent, spent a fair amount of time at, at, we used to call it the BK Lounge. We, uh, <laughs> Spent a fair amount of time at the BK Lounge after a Saturday night or a Friday night out in Aggieville. So I'm sad to hear that news. That's a that's been a staple. What was uh, or what is Curry Sexton's spot downtown or, Ag- or Aggieville? You know, I, I've I've always been a, a big Hunam guy. Uh, the last couple <laughs> okay. of times I've been I've been to Hunam, it's been it's been a little underwhelming. So I you know I may have to try something new. My last time we were back in july where a bunch of guys were back we we all went to the fat shack um which was i didn't i didn't really have, eat much but the other guys did and they said it was incredible so maybe i'll have to give that a shot travion just gave him the shout out not too long ago let me tell you about uh, that old chinese spot um man if he asks uh the, the clay center guys i i graduated with that every time i would come to downtown for a k-state game i was always ordering at 2 30 at night when i got into town so who knows so uh i, I hear you on that um man general south chicken it always hit the yep. spot with the rice yep um and they were pretty good with the delivery too um yep so it's a bye week right i think you told me last year and i'll have you uh, repeat the uh the information if you would that we know with chris Kleiman. The bye week is here. It's a little bit early than they would like, but you know the the the, the number one guys are going to get rested up. Meanwhile, the like the freshmen, the younger guys are going to get tested a little bit more. Was it a little bit different under Bill Snyder? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we were. I, I was telling somebody this the other day. I said, you know, when when I was in college, um, we didn't like bye weeks because you know you didn't you you you, you resorted back to. You know, number one offense versus number one defense, kind of grueling physical practices uh, during that off week, instead of your typical game week where you you go up against the South team and do a lot of thud, um, not really a lot of tackle to the ground. So yeah, bye weeks under Coach Snyder were never that enjoyable. Um, it was really like you just resorted back to uh, to the fall camp, and so I think you know Coach Kleiman does a good job of taking care of his guys and making sure that they're getting rested up and healed up. 
And I know that, you know, in the grand scheme, this, this bye week feels early, but in a lot of ways it feels like it came at the right time. I mean, with so many guys binned up or so many guys struggling to get back to 100%, uh, I think this is, a, this is a good timing for us as we go into, you know, the bulk of our Big 12 season and, or the rest of our Big 12 season and, and give, a, give our team an opportunity to be as healthy as it's been since the start of the year. Going back to the win for K-State on Saturday, they beat uh, UCF at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You know, there's one play in particular I wanted to ask you about. You'd be the guy to ask, and that was when uh, Will Howard threw his interception. He's trying to hit Keegan Johnson, force it in there, and I thought the defensive back for UCF made a really great play, kind of out-muscled Keegan to the football. I guess the question is, was there something Keegan should have done better to try to make a play, or is it just Will Howard maybe – probably shouldn't have thrown that ball well i'm not gonna i don't think that one's as much on will i mean if you go back and look at the replay it's it's a single high coverage you know they they motion phil brooks across the across the formation so it's clearly man-to-man um and so basically you just had double slants both your outside receivers stayed into the field and and keegan to the boundary running slant routes and and that's just that's just a, a scenario where will's taken essentially no drop and he's and he's you know, he's trusting one of his guys to win. And so really that's just on Keegan to win. Um, you know, he, he didn't run a great route. The defensive back stayed, stayed, you know, and had leverage on him on the inside and made a good break on the ball. And that's just unfortunate for Will that that ended up being a pick. And so I think, you know, I, going back, I think you, you put that on, on Keegan. I feel like that was his, you know, that, that was a one-on-one opportunity and he needs to make that play. I think from a fundamental perspective, you know, he, he the, the the corner, you know, to the boundary had inside leverage on him, and he's just got to attack that leverage before he breaks in on that slant route. Um, but instead, he kind of pushed up to the outside shoulder, and it's really hard to cross the defender's face like that. Um, and so the guy just always maintained leverage on him. And so, um, you know, in those on those slant route situations where you know you're getting three steps and then, and then breaking off to the inside, you have to get that leverage. And Keegan just failed to do that. Yeah, and Keegan, I mean, he had to miss the first game and a half due to injury. I mean, he gets banged up right before the season begins. And like Jer- uh, Garrett Oakley as well, a tight end, and we saw him play and get open. Uh, unfortunately, Will just missed him. But sticking with Keegan here, uh, with the bye week, it allows him to you know, get more healthy, get closer to 100%. Does he get to 100% or not? Not exactly sure. But what you've seen out of him so far, if he were to have a big game against Oklahoma State a week from tomorrow – is that like, okay, I, I've seen enough from him that could definitely see that coming, or you haven't seen enough from him and that if he were to have a big game, it kind of feels like he's ahead of schedule in a way? I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I've seen enough from him so far that I, that I, I expect him to pop at some point. And I think that what I saw from him on Saturday, although there wasn't a lot of, of true output, um, was really positive. I mean, so far this year, He's been used so sparingly, um, and, and in a lot of ways, he's been used in situations where he's never really been a threat. But I think to see him out there and playing more snaps on Saturday, and then when, when Seth Porter started obviously dealing with some sort of injury, to go back there and start returning kicks tells me that he's feeling a lot better. Um, and to even kind of feel that one kickoff from, from Phil and, and make a really nice return on it showed you a little bit of his, you know, a little bit of his ability. And so I fully expect with a week off, I think he's, you know, he's going to get close to or, or, or back to 100%. And, 
and I think he's I think Keegan's going to have a huge you know a huge rest of the Big Twelve play. I think he's I think he's poised to really take off. Speaking with former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton on the game, if we flip to the other side of the uh, football with K-State and, and talk about this defense, first of all, actually before we really dig into the K-State defense, just you know, UCF, I was talking about yesterday on my show how you know I, I was trying to get the point across that K-State beat a really good team, a team with speed, um, they, they were tough to tackle at times. Does that remind you, that kind of team with that speed, can be electric, remind you of anybody when you were playing? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Maybe you know, maybe some of those Oklahoma State teams of old. I don't. I don't really know. But I mean, I, I think you're right. It was a good football team with the, with their speed and then some of the size they had on the defensive front. Um, that's going to be a, a football team that's going to wreak some havoc in the Big Twelve this year. And I think you know, with them being new to the league, I think a lot of people just expected that to be an easy victory, but don't understand that. That's a good football team with a ton of talent and a football coach who's won a lot of really big football games. So for us to overcome, you know, sort of a, a, a mediocre effort, at least in the first half, and to beat them by essentially 20 points, if not for that last second touchdown, is a really, really impressive victory. Chris Kleiman said at his press conference on Tuesday, this has actually been mentioned a couple of times, that so with the secondary, who I think definitely are playing better, um, didn't have as many big plays allowed like they did against Missouri, uh, giving up a couple of long ones against UCF, but one of them was a trick play. The things that they're doing is correctable, or they're making mistakes on is correctable. It's just about the eyes and, and keeping the eyes on where you should be focused. The question is, how correctable or how fast can that be corrected? That seems like it can be corrected quickly, but it, it's going to take a lot of training and maybe some mistakes to learn from yeah i mean it's just repetition and uh, you know for those guys um if you think about it you know you have you know jacob Parrish is essentially a first year starter will lee's in his first year playing at this level marquis sigles in his first year playing at this level and playing at that safety position uh bj Payne is still super young i mean that's just a young group and so naturally you know with so much pressure being placed on them um, you know, there's going to be mistakes, but I, I was really impressed with them on Saturday. I mean, obviously the trick play was unfortunate, but other than that, I mean, Will Lee gets, you know, gets burnt, not, not burnt. Will Lee gets a touchdown scored on him on a pretty long pass play where he was in good position. He got his eyes turned around and found the football, but just didn't make a good play on the football. And I think with time, those guys are going to, they're going to correct those little mistakes. And I think that's going to be a really, really good secondary unit. Um, so really been impressed with them, and I think those MAs and and, and you know misreads I think are all gonna they're all gonna get cleaned up, and I think by the back half of Big Twelve play, our secondary is gonna be one of the best in the Big Twelve. Curry got a couple more for you. Let's go to special teams. And um, Chris Tennant missed a couple, missed an extra point, missed a twenty-seven yard field goal. A lot of K State fans are I don't know if I should use the phrase freaking out but a little uneasy because he's missed some in his career where it even got benched last year. I mean, just Curry Sexton freaking out. Is this a time now where we look at addressing the kicking situation this early? Yeah. I mean, I think kicking is one of those situations where if you don't address it, you know, if you don't address it, when you need to address it, it can, bite, you know, come back and bite you. And I think we've, we've seen enough of a sample size from Chris to know that when his head is right, he's a really, really good kicker. Um, and when, you know, when things maybe start to go in the wrong direction, it seems like they start, you know, a little bit of, a, of an avalanche start. 
Um, and so, I mean, you could tell that after he missed the short field goal on Saturday that, that the mentality just changed, and he missed the extra point. He, he ripped the kickoff out of bounds. Um, I think it's a confidence issue. And I, and I, and I, I couldn't tell it from my, from my point of view in the, in the stadium. It looked like maybe on the missed field goal the laces were in. And, and I, you know, I think even then a 26-yarder, you got to make it no matter where the laces are at. But, um, yeah, hopefully Chris can get, you know, can get his head right and be that guy for us. But if not, I think the coaches have to be ready to move on to the next guy because, you know, totally understand if guys are missing 40-plus yarders. You know, at the college level, that's a difficult kick. But we can't have those 26 yarders. We can't have those being missed. We can't have extra points being missed. We can't be taking points off the board. And so I think at some point, if, if, if that doesn't get corrected, they'll have to make a change. All right, Curry, Big 12 now. Uh, cats are off, so it's just me watching Big 12 football for us this weekend. But, you know, the rest of the schedule, I I kind of feel like the schedule has softened uh, a little bit. And, it, you know, it's not, nothing really to do with K-State. It's just because teams are now dealing with injuries, some season enders, like Texas Tech not going to have Tyler Shuck anymore. So they're going to the third-string quarterback they had last year in Baron Morton. What should K-State finish in Big 12 play this year? Like, what would be considered the 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 basement, I guess, the ground floor of K-State should have finished at least with this record? I mean, legitimately, I think at least 7-2. and two. That's my thought, too. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you have two really winnable games coming up, especially now that Tyler Shook is out. Um and then you come home for for a you know two game homestand. You know that TCU game is going to be difficult. That that is a solid football team. Um, Houston is another team that's down quite a bit. And then you know so so you could very well you know we could we could very well be um, seven and one going into that matchup down in Austin. And that obviously will be an incredibly tough football game. But that's one game that you look at and say, okay, that's a game where we're gonna. That's the one game where we're probably not going to be favored. Um, and then I think the K you know the KU game is going to be tough. KU is a good football team. They have a dynamic offense, dynamic quarterback, good play caller, good running backs. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. And then, so beyond beyond really the, the Texas and KU games on the road, there's not a single game you look at and say, okay, the Cats might not be favored to win that one or shouldn't win that one. Um, and so I think 7-2 and two is your floor, and 9-0 and and oh or 8-1 and one and back in Arlington is your ceiling. One more for you. KU is playing at Texas. Texas favored by 16.5. Going by the line, who would you pick? Going by the line, I'm going to go with the Hawks, but I think I think Texas wins by 13 or 14. Yeah, that's the way I'm leaning as well. Curry, greatly appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week before uh, the Oklahoma State game. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend off. Thank you, sir. That is Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver here on the game. And when we come back, six predictions need to be made. Even though the Cats are off, Mitch in Vegas does not take a week off. That's coming up next on The Game. How lucky can one guy be? Man, if it wasn't for Trey, I'd be in Vegas by myself right now. And who wants to go to Vegas by themselves? Nobody is answer to that unless you got something to keep you busy the entire time, like World Series of Poker or something. It's time to make six predictions. Now, I'm the only one live in studio making picks. Uh, Trey, you want to make some picks? Let's see. Let's see how Trey does. I don't know anything that's going on right now. That's I'm all in, right. I'm in my own world. Hey, listen. 
when people fill out brackets for the NCAA tournament, who usually wins the pools? The people that don't know that know nothing about college basketball. Okay, they're the ones that win. I I've been keeping track. I've been running the the uh, the NCAA tournament pool here at the radio station for like eight years. Only two of them have been won by sports guys. Okay, so we're gonna put Trey to the test here. <laughs> let's step into the sports book and let's pick game number one. We're actually going to pick two games from Friday. Tomorrow's action. There's a couple of good ones, including a top 20 matchup featuring number 10 Utah at number 19 Oregon State. 8 o'clock on FS1. And the Beaver is going to be favored at home by three and a half points. Now, Deej has not given me his picks yet, so I cannot tell you what he has, but he'll get his picks before Friday night. I can guarantee you that. Now, we'll get Troy's here in a second. We'll go with the people next. The people, and by the way, I'll get you an updated standings as well. The people going Utah. Updated standings, I had a terrible week last week. So, Trey, you could do better than this. I went 0-5. There was a push. I went 0-5. I'm now in third place, 11-18. Deej went 2-3. He's 9-20. The people went 4-1. They had the best week. They're 14-15. Troy is ahead by one game, and he had a 3-2 and two week. So, again, for Utah and Oregon State, Troy goes Utah. Who are you going, Trey? I'm going to go with Utah as well. It's a terrible pick. Okay. <laughs> Utah has been good defensively, but they've been without Cam Rising at quarterback. This is the week not having Cam Rising is going to catch up. Oregon State, they're going to bounce back after their loss on the road at Washington State. They're back at home. That's going to be one of the craziest environments that Corvallis, Oregon, has had in probably decades. Probably decades. They do not want to lose to a team that's about to bounce to the Big 12. So I'm going to take Oregon State and uh, Uyunglele, however you say his last name, to beat and definitely cover three and a half against Utah. Game number two, Big 12 matchup. The Big 12 newcomers went 0-4 in their first games. Somebody's going to win their first one on Friday night. 9 o'clock kickoff or 9.15 kickoff on ESPN. Cincinnati is visiting BYU. And Cincinnati is favored by two points. Troy is going BYU. The people... Got to scroll again. I'm sorry. The people going BYU. Trey, who do you like? You going to go with the Mormons? You're going to go with the Cougs of, of Cincinnati? I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Because it's a fun town to say. Okay. I, hey, I like it. It's <laughs> Never a bit been of a there. coin flip. It's a little bit better than a coin flip. You actually have something to uh, to go with here. Mm. You don't like saying Provo, Utah. You'd rather say Cincinnati, Ohio. It sounds more fun, you know? I've never been to Ohio in general. Well, I, but. I can guarantee you Cincinnati is a better town or a more fun town than Provo, Utah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um. Now, maybe the scenery is better than in Provo, but Cincinnati's going to be a more fun town. Uh, I'm going to go with Keaton Slovis and BYU. I'm going to go with the BYU Cougars at home. Uh, Again, they're a dog by two points. But, you know, Cincinnati, they would move the ball, but, man, could they not finish drives? And they've been a bad, bad red zone team so far. Uh, 
you know, BYU's had a couple of matchups where they have looked good. A couple, it's like, you probably should have been better, BYU. You probably should have been better. Rarely am I going to pick the Mormons to win it. I'm going to take BYU to get it done. Game number three. Now we're in our Saturday games. We're going to go up north two and a half hours to Lincoln, Nebraska. And I found out, I, I saw something on Twitter today that said that they're going to do some renovations. And that's going to drop their capacity up north by 10,000 people, 10,000 seats. They have the longest consecutive sellout streak in college football history. Boy, does this make it easier. All right, whatever. Uh, Nebraska unranked. They're terrible. They're hosting number two Michigan. But the thing is, road game for the Wolverines. Michigan favored by 17 points. The people say Michigan. Troy is going with Michigan. What does Trey think? I'm also going to go Michigan. I am as well. I am going Michigan to tear it up in Lincoln. I think it'll be a closer game in the first half. But listen, Nebraska is not going to score many points in this game. They just changed quarterbacks, and good for them. They scored 28 points against a terrible Louisiana Tech team. 28 points. The only big difference is that there's not many turnovers now for Nebraska. Going, I'm blanking on names here. Whoever their starting quarterback to begin the year was, too many turnovers. Michigan's defense is going to dominate. Right now, the number three defense in America is Michigan. And you're going to see maybe some of the best offense Michigan has had this year. I'm going to take the Wolverines to cover 17 points. Game number four takes us back to the Big 12. Kansas visiting Texas. Teams are undefeated. It's a top 25 matchup. KU number 24, Texas number three. It's in Austin. The Longhorns favored by 16.5 points, 230 on ABC. Troy likes Texas. The people like Texas. Trey likes who? I'm going to also go with Texas. I hate to say it, but Texas has come out to some slow starts this year. I think Texas is going to win. I'm, I'm going to have to go KU. 17 points is a lot. That is a lot. I'm going to have to go KU. Next, game number five. Back to the Big 12. Unranked matchup, and man, does Texas Tech have something to prove. This is maybe their last-ditch effort to stay a decently, uh, somewhat of a relevant team. They're hosting Houston, 2-2 two two Houston, 1-3 Texas Tech. The Red Raiders at home favored by 8.5, 230 on FS2. Man, it's a sad game when it has to be put on FS2. Uh, let's see here. The people are going to go with Texas Tech. Troy likes. I got a lot of scrolling here. Troy likes Texas Tech. Trey, who are you going with? <sighs> I already picked Texas. Different Texas, I know. But just I'm just going to go with Texas Tech. Texas Tech. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this one is a tough one to call. Um, you know, Houston just didn't really show up against TCU, but it's on the road in Lubbock. Are the fans going to show up? Are they still into it? Can Baron Morton put together a strong offensive game for Texas Tech? You know what? I've been high on the Red Raiders this year. They've come out as a dud could be. I'm going to go Texas Tech. 
Plus, if you say if this is like the deciding factor game, they're going to be hyped up. You would think so, but they just <laughs> lost their starting starting quarterback for the rest of the year in Tyler Shuck. And by the way, they're playing against their former quarterback in Donovan Smith, who's been okay. He's been okay. Honestly, not that great. I'm going to go Texas Tech. And then our final game is where College Game Day will be broadcasting from. Duke hosting Notre Dame. Number Actually, they're both ranked. I forgot to put the ranking in for Duke. Let me see if I got it here somewhere. Uh, I forgot to put it in there. But number 11 is North Notre Dame. Duke is ranked. The Fighting Irish on the road favored by 5.5 points, 630 on ABC. Troy will be going with Notre Dame. The people like Notre Dame. Trey, who do you like? I'm also going to say Notre Dame. I'm going to go Duke. I got to be different here. I believed in Notre Dame last week. It ended up being a push. But if Marcus Freeman's going to leave ten guy, going to leave a guy off the field for the final two plays when it matters the most, I'm going to go with Duke, who's been actually quite stellar defensively. This will be potentially a low-scoring game. If it's five and a half points, give me Duke. If they lose, it's no more by more, no more than three points. All right, what do we say here? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some Ask Us Anything after these words. Trey, I got a question for you. We actually, uh, because you, when did you turn 21? I turned 21 on December of last year. Okay, so I don't even know if we've had this conversation. Have you had your first drink yet? No. How about that? Yes. How about that? You've made it, uh, boy, you've made it nine months. And you haven't had your first drink. You just don't yes. want to. Not your thing. You don't I'm, think it'd be your thing. I'm waiting to wrap up with college and kind of just figure out my, you know, life before. There's just like a lot of weirdness with that. Just because I just I have this feeling of like I don't want to be dependent on things. Mm. I don't know. It's just a lot of things that growing up. It never was in my house. You know, I never really had alcohol around. So like going into high school, I was just like, oh, I mean. I don't have to drink, so it's just like still kind of with that same state of mind. No, I, I, I definitely never like. Oh, come on, Trey, you gotta have, you gotta try it once. No, right. no, right. Do what you want to do. I just want to hear the story. Oh, yeah. I, I got it. I gotta know when it. If, if you are interested in doing it, you know what? Do you know what you want your first drink to be? If you do have one, I have no clue. Honestly, I have no clue. I don't know. I mean. Maybe let's go with a an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I don't know. That's not an alcoholic beverage. Or they make them. You can put, I guess, some alcohol in it, but they make the Arnold Palmer. The ninety-nine cent or dollar cans you buy. There's no alcohol yeah. in those. Do you have a question for us before? Go ahead. Um, well, they do make the alcohol versions of those. Oh, that's I guess what, I haven't seen them. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. But my question for you, Mitch, okay. is what is your favorite Aggieville memory? Because we were talking a lot about reminiscing on. The old days of Aggieville. So, when t- when Tinder became a thing, <laughs> again, this is another fake Patty story. Here we go. I had arranged to meet two girls on the same night, and they were both at different bars, <laughs> and I was jumping back and forth between the bars. Wow. That might be the craziest, like, thing that i've ever done or set up when it comes to aggieville uh-huh that's a pretty good one 
juggling two chicks in one night. There's more to that story, but guys, we're just out of time. I'm sorry. We got to get out of here. Trey, thanks for doing the show with me. It was just us for an hour. I had a lot of fun with you. For Trey, I'm Mitch. We'll be back on Monday with Wildcat Insider. Go Cats.